and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name's Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join us tonight. Man, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad. Come on, say that with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. That means you got to make a decision on your own free will. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad. Why are we going to be rejoicing and be exceedingly glad? Because when we begin to worship and praise and begin to exalt the name of the Lord our God, it just causes the praises to go up. You know, back in the day they used to say this, they used to say when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Why? Because what happens is when you begin to worship and praise God, when you begin to honor Him, even in the midst of your test trials and tribulations, guess what happens? God inhabits the praises of his people. And when he inhabits the praises of his people, guess what else happens? All his goodness, all his mercy, all his grace, all his power, all his miracle work and power shows up on the scene. And what happens when that happens? Your burdens are removed, your yokes are destroyed, and those things that was trying to hold you down will begin to break off. You know, Tasha Cobb sung, Tasha Cobb sung this song many years ago, uh, saying, I break every chain. And when you begin to sing that song, you know, there's, uh, you know, uh, uh, the break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. That's the season that we're living in right now. And in fact, that's that's going to happen today for many of you. The, every burden is going to be removed. Every yoke is going to be destroyed. And chains that have held you bound, chains that have kept you locked up for so many years are going to be broken off of you in the name of Jesus because I have already coveted with God for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he sees fit. And man, I already know it's about to go down up in here, up in here. So you might as well get ready. Buckle up, buttercup, because here it comes right at you in the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to go ahead and make our confession and uh, go ahead and jump right into the word of God tonight. Man, we got a great message, a great word, a great time, because we're in the greatest season where we're worshiping the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And before you get all up in arms about it, was Jesus born on December the 25th? Let's just squash it right now. No, he was not born on December the 25th. In fact, he was born probably around August or September. So you ask, well, why would you celebrate it? Because whether we worship, celebrate it on December the 25th, June the 3rd, March the 5th, uh, January the 4th, it doesn't matter. The thing, the whole thing about it is, is honoring and worshiping and magnifying and celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fact that all you are up here, I don't really matter when he was born. The only fact that matters is, was he born? Absolutely, inequivocally, beyond the benefit of the doubt. The answer to that question is yes. And, whew, and that right there is enough to get your fire started up here in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm already fired up. So if you're not fired up, mess, your wood might be wet. But give it a little bit of time because we're going to set it off tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and make our, our declaration, make our uh, confession and prayer. And we're going to jump right into the word of God tonight in the name of Jesus. Now, in according to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, 
that they might that he might be glorified and they shall build the old waste and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities the desolations of many generations father god in heaven our lord and savior jesus christ father to you alone we give the glory the honor and praise in jesus name for this day we thank you that this is the day which you have made we will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad in it father we we've already covenanted with you for miracles signs wonders manifestations of the gifts of the holy spirit as you see fit father right now in the name of jesus let my t my tongue be the pen of a ready writer writing the very oracles and teachings and instructions of your word on the hearts of those who are listening and watching this word right now in the name of jesus father i'm believing you that that chains will be broken tonight father god that miracles will be manifested in their life that people will be delivered set free and made whole in the name of jesus now let our preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom but let it be in the demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men but in the power of the most high god we thank you for you we honor you we praise you in jesus name we pray with thanksgiving let us all say Amen. Well, glory to God. Amen. I'm so, I'm so, again, my name is Apostle Milton Jones. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to jump right into the word in the name of Jesus. Now, we've been talking about a, a series and, and talking about the great pretender. And, and the first week we talked about the great pretender and who the great pretender was. And, you know, last week we were talking about like how you're exposing the elephants in the room. And then this week, God gave me this title and it's called The Joker's Wild. And I'm like, what the Joker's wild? And what is this all about? And how? Why are you talking about the Joker's wild? And why are you? We talked about this last week. Why are you sharing this word now and in such a season such as this? And he shared the word with us last week, uh, in according to Ezekiel chapter thirty-three and seven and nine, where it talks about being the watchman on the wall. And when he gives a word to the watchman on the wall, which he's made me a watchman on the wall, my responsibility is to come and to announce it and to warn the people so the people can respond. Now, can I make anybody do anything? Absolutely not. But I do have a responsibility to share the word with you, to give you an opportunity to respond to the word. And what you make a decision to do with that word will depend on whose results you're going to get. Well, you're going to continue to get the results you've always getting, or you're going to get the results that God had already predestined for you before the foundation of the world. Are you interested? All right, here we go. Now, we found out that in, in, in the beginning of 2022, man, how many people know we're only a few weeks away from 2023? Man, there's so many things that God has in store for us before this year is out. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready. It's on its way in Jesus' name. Now, the word of the year for 2022 was this. It was a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection we talked about how correction is is to raise to a higher standard of truth and also when you hear correction it begins it should point you in a new direction it tells you the way that you should go to bring about protection from all hurt harm and danger all evil destruction and plague to bring you to a place of perfection where you're whole complete lacking no good thing we talked about uh, last week in the last couple of weeks talking about this is a time of the awakening and we found that in romans chapter 13 verse number 11 talking about how you know reading out a passion translation that says that to live 
to live like this is all the more urgent for time is running out and you know it is a strategic hour in human history how many people can say amen to that it says it is time for us to awaken it's time for us to wake up so shake your neighbor say wake up turn the other neighbor say wake up grab yourself say wake up wake up it's time to wake up for our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believe now verse 12 says this night's darkness in other words it's beginning to get dark is is dissolving in a way as a new day of destiny dawns. see there's a new day of destiny dawn whether you believe it or not whether you accept it or not it's going to go down it's about to happen anyhow it says so we must once and for all strip away and then say god was going to strip it away for it we have to be the ones who strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness Ooh, hold up now removing it like filthy clothes in other words those you know if you a sipping saint you know or you you know you a little smoky smoke every now and then or you get one Billy Bob and get with her and get with him and getting with them or you know you checking out some stuff online you know you ain't supposed to be checking out he says it's time for you to begin to strip away those things he says and once and for all we are to clothe ourselves with radiance of light as our weapon we'll put on in other words we're put on putting on the clothes of righteousness in other words we are going to operate as people who are in right standing with with god right standing with jesus in the name of jesus we found out last week how you know god's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge we talked about how in in, in uh hosea chapter 4 and verse 1 talking about how god has some contentions with the children of israel and the reason why he had contentions with them he says he has some things against them because because the inhabitants of the land because there was no faithfulness there was no kindness and there was no knowledge of god in the land and when you have people who aren't faithful who aren't kind but most of all there's no knowledge of god in the land you are going to begin to have chaos because it was never intended to be that way and we're going to talk about that today and we talked about last week how because there was no kindness and there was no 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 uh, uh, mercy and there was no faithfulness and most of all there was no knowledge of god in the land this is what began to happen the land in that land in that particular place and, and this will happen for you if this is like that if you have no knowledge of god if you have no kindness if you have no faithfulness in your house in your relationship on your job in your community, in your province, and in your nation, these are the things that are going to show up. You will begin to have swearing and deception and murder and stealing and adultery that they will employ, the people will begin to employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Can anybody say, turn on your news and see that right now? Bloodshed is following bloodshed. He says, even the land will begin to mourn and everyone who lives and it will languish along with the beast and of the field and the birds of the air and also the fish of the sea will begin to disappear in other words when you have no faithfulness no kindness and no knowledge of god in the land you are going to begin to see chaos 
you're going to begin to see destruction. And that's why he says it in uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, my people are destroyed. My people are perishing. My people are being cut down, he says, for their lack of knowledge. Now, if you stop there, you will say, man, well, the reason why this happened is because there is a lack of knowledge. But he already said there was a there was no knowledge of God in the land. He didn't say worldly knowledge. He didn't say secular knowledge. He says, because there's no knowledge of God in the land. And he's saying, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of God. Why? Because they have rejected the knowledge. It didn't say the knowledge was not available to them, but the people have made an earnest decision to reject, to despise, to disdain, or have contempt for the word of God. He goes on and said, he says, because you have rejected the word, he said, rejected it all. He said, I also will reject you. Talking to the priests, because the priests were the ones who were responsible for getting the knowledge of God to the people. You got to remember back in, in the Old Testament time, you had the prophet, you had the priest, and you had the king who the anointing set on. But it was the priest's responsibility to share and teach and instruct the people in the knowledge of God, and they were not doing it. And, and what happened is when they were not teaching people the word of God, there was no knowledge of God in the land. Guess what began? When all the chaos began to happen, people would say, man, all oh, this is going on and that's going on. And why is this happening? Why is that happening? And he says, I'm telling you, the reason why those things are happening is because there's no faithfulness, there's no kindness, but most of all, there is no knowledge of God in the land. He says, and since you have forgotten my laws, forgotten means they have have become forgetful and just put it away from their memory. He says, he says, since you have forgotten my laws, my instructions, my statutes, my teachings, he says, I also will forget your land. Now, why is that such a big deal today? Because the same thing is going on today. There is, when you see destruction, when you're seeing chaos, when you're seeing all kind of calamity going on, the first place I look is, is there the knowledge of God in the land? I mean, I had somebody I was talking to today and they was talking about some situations and circumstances that was going on and, and you know, and what is it that you're going to do? You know, you know, you, you share messages, but what are you going to do? So I went to the father and the father's like, you can teach a person, you can give a person a fish and they'll eat for a day. He says, but if you teach the person how to fish, they'll eat for a lifetime. So my responsibility is, hey, when I, when, when we're, prompted to and led to, you know, this is the things that we supply. He says, but the most important thing you can get to the people right now is my word. Why? Because right now in your land, in our land, in our community, in our province, even in our nation, there is a lack of the knowledge of God that's in the land right now. And as a result of it, there is all kind of chaos that's going on. See, there are ways out there that seem right. And according to Proverbs chapter 14, 12, there's ways that seem right. To man, it seems right. It makes absolute sense to them. It says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, he says, there is a way that seems right unto a man. He says, but the end thereof are the ways of death, are the ways of destruction, are the ways of loss and chaos. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says the same thing, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says this, it says, there is a way that seems right unto a man and appears straight 
It's pretty straight before him. He says, but at the end of the way, there it is the way of death. It seems right. It looks right. And we're going to talk about that tonight in the name of Jesus. We've been talking about in the past how it was God's original intent for man to rule, to reign, and to have dominion on the earth in accordance to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And in fact, in Genesis chapter 1 and, and verse 28, he says he's got the God had had made man, he, this is what he said. He says he, he created him, and after he created, this is what he did. He blessed them, and God said to the man, he gave mankind instruction in an hour. He says, he says, I want you to be fruitful, which means I want you to always be producing. He says, I want you to multiply, means I want you to always be increasing. He says, I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to fill it and continue to fill it. He says, but I want you to subdue the earth. So what does that word subdue mean? That word subdue means to conquer by force or exertion of superior power, bringing into permanent subjection to, re to reduce under dominion. In other words, I want you to have control. I want you to have rule. I want you to be able to, to have uh, uh, determine the outcome because I'm going to bless you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to, to put my, I have created you in my image and in my likeness. So I'm expecting you, man, to dominate and to rule and to reign on the earth over the birds of the air and of the sky and over the cattle on the ground over the fish of the sea and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so man had authority over the earth and we also know what man did man turned around and bowed his knee to the adversary i mean god placed him in a in a place i call it the place called there he placed the man where he needed to be with the resources the provisions and everything he would need to be able to carry out the assignment to which God had gave him. God had created man in his image and his likeness. He, he, he shaped him he, out of the dust of the clay. And then he breathed into his life, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then God placed him in the midst of the garden. And this is what he told him. He says, man, I'm placing you in the midst of this garden. And he says, and he took the man in Genesis chapter two and verse 15 says he took the man and he put him in the garden. He placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it, to, which means to guard it. The Lord commanded the man saying this, from every tree of, of, of the garden, you may freely eat. He says, but from the one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. He says, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That word death means you shall surely separate yourself from my way of doing things. Because what was God's original intent? For, for man to operate on earth just like it was in heaven. He, he created the heavens and the earth in accordance to uh, Psalms 115 and 16. He created the heavens and the earth. He, he, the heavens the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given over to man for man to do what? To rule, to reign, to dominate, to, to always be producing, always be increasing, always be filling and refilling, and to have control or authority over the earth and everything that's on the earth. The only thing man did not have control over was another man and you still 
don't. So God had placed them in a place called there. And for many of you, God has placed you in a place called there. He's placed you in a place for you to prosper. He's placed you in a place for you to increase. He's placed you in a place where you'll be, be able to always be producing, always be increasing, always be feeling and refilling, and always having control over the situation. But you're too busy being distracted because the joker, AKA the adversary is wild. He's running around causing all kind of chaos, wild meaning he, he he's behaves in a very uncontrolled way. In fact, his personality, he, he's, he's the ultimate narcissist and he, you know, cause he always has to have all that he needs to get attention by any means. And he's a psychopath because he can do all kind of chaos and destruction in your life. And he has no feelings or response to it whatsoever. So the man is placed in the garden. He's given this command and he, he knows his purpose. He knows his identity and he knows the life that God intended for him to live because God told him all of it from the very foundation. Otherwise, he told him from the very beginning. This is what I called you to do. This is what you're to, this is how you're supposed to carry out. But this is the only thing you cannot do. Now, what did man do? Man actually rebelled. Now, most people will say they rebelled against God. That's true. But what they also rebelled against, they rebelled against the kingdom or rebelled against the government. Because remember, all they knew was the kingdom of God way. All they knew was the kingdom of heaven way, but they would rebel. And that word rebel actually means one who revolts from the government to which they owe allegiance, either by openly renouncing the authority of that government or by taking arms and openly opposing it. So it, it wasn't like the, the adversary came in with a with a machete machine gun and said, I'm gonna kill you if you don't turn against God. He didn't do it. He did it another way. Let's find out how. In Genesis chapter three, verse four, it says this. The, the, what we already found out. God, what did God say to man? From every tree, any tree of the garden, you may freely eat. He says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you do, you shall surely die. Now, the adversary, the joker in this case, he said to the woman when, when he, he asked Eve, hey, did God really say you couldn't eat of every tree of the garden? She replies, hey, we can eat of every tree of the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, he says, but the, tr uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we should not eat of it, neither shall we touch it, for in the day that we, we do, we shall surely die. Verse 4, this is where the adversary introduces in perversion well, or perversion means to take something that's true and to turn it to something that is worse this is what he said to her he says the serpent said to the woman after she responded to him after eve he said you won't surely die he says for god knows what is he, he introducing a different theory he's introducing a different ideology he says for that in the day god knows that in the day that you you eat of it from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're gonna, you will, your eyes will be open, and you will be, you will be like God. They were already like God, but he says, but then you will be like God. He said, but they was already like God. He says, but because you, then you will know 
good and evil. See, in other words, what he's saying, hey, God is really holding out on you because, see, there's more to this than what it is that you know right now. But see, because you don't know it yet, God is, is, is what he's really doing. He's holding back on you. And what he's trying to, what he's going to do is he's only going to give you so much. And see, he tells that same lie today. Hey, you know what? Did God really say he was going to supply all your needs? Did God really say he was going to heal you? Did God really say he was going to save you? Did God really say he was going to protect you? That's the same thing he said in there. He says, did he, he says, but he says, he says, you won't surely die. He says, because God knows when you eat of it, you'll be just like him, knowing good and evil. And he says, and when the woman saw, what is she doing? She's looking because the adversary only has three twos, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So when, when the woman saw the lust of the eye, that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight, well, lust, good for food, lust of the flesh, good, uh, it was delight to the eye, lust of the, lust of the eye, and it says, and a tree that is desirable to make one wise, lust of uh, the pride of life, she took it, she had knew all this time, doesn't say how long they had been in the garden, but she only knew God's way, and when the adversary introduced a new way, he suggested something new, he said, he he didn't, he didn't force them. He didn't twist it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't stick a gun up to their head. Remember, rebellion means to revolt or to turn from one government to which you owe allegiance. They owed allegiance to God because he was the one who created them. He was the one who shaped them. He was the one who placed them in the garden. He was the one who provided Adam and Eve a place and gave them instructions on what it is they were supposed to do. He gave them a purpose. He gave them identity and he gave them life. And the thieves, the same thing Jesus said that the thief did in, in Genesis, and as you were in John chapter 10, verse 10, he came to steal, to kill, and destroy. He came to steal their identity, to kill their life, to, to, to kill their purpose in order to destroy their life. And he, he did it with words. He did it with words. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, he's doing the same thing today. He's using words. The battle is, it, people say it's a battle between good and evil. No, the battle is really about ideologies. Whose ideologies will you believe? And what happened is Eve believed what it is the adversary said because it says he's cunning, he's crafty, he's deceptive, he's sneaky, he's subtle, and he'll wait you out. He'll sow a seed, and then he'll keep watering it, and he'll other people water it, and he have the news media water it, he have your mama water it, and he have your friends water that seed of deception until, until the day you take hold of it, and when you take hold of it, and you begin to let it grow because you're beginning to to meditate on it until it begins to take root in your heart and then you say it out of your mouth. She she saw the fruit. She thought it would be it, was, it looked good for food. It was it was a light to the eye, a tree that was desirable to make one wise. She took the fruit. She rebelled. She ate partake of the fruit. And guys, so we can let Eve off the hook. Adam was standing right next to her, says, and she turned to her husband, and he also did eat. And what happened? The moment they did, the eyes of them both were open, 
and they knew that they were naked and they sowed tree leaves to cover themselves because they were ashamed. What was the first thing that came? They was afraid. They took on the nature of the adversary. The moment they partook of the fruit, the moment they partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what God said came to pass. What well, can I tell you something? When you do what it is God's word says, God's word will come to pass. His word cannot return into the void. Isaiah 55 and 9 says that. He says his word, which goes forth out of his mouth, cannot return into his void, but it must accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the things to which he sent it. He hastens, he watches over his word to perform it. So the joker was wild. The joker came, the adversary came, the narcissist came, the one who had, who was a psychopath came and he deceived. It says, the word says he deceived Eve, but Adam openly rebelled. Adam openly revolted because the command came directly to Adam and Adam was the one who was to teach Eve. Why is all this important now and what's the big deal? Well, even though Adam and Eve revolted against what it is God told them to do, God never changed his mind. Because see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father above. What happened after a period of time until the earth became so full of evil and destruction and the earth was taken out by water, well, there was a great flood. When Noah came out of the ark, God hadn't changed his mind. How do you know God hadn't changed his mind? Because he said to Noah in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, he says, and God blessed Noah, same thing he did with Adam and Eve, and he says, and his sons, and he said to them, what did he say to them? Be fruitful, always be producing, multiply, always be increasing, and replenish the earth, fill and refill. But why couldn't he tell him to have subdue it? Because now the man did not operate in the same authority he had before because Adam and Eve, when they bowed their knee and rebelled against God, they gave up their authority to the one who they had authority over. They had authority over over Satan. They had authority over the animals. Remember, he had authority over the animals, over the over the birds of the air, the, the, the cattle, the fish of the sea, over every creeping thing and over the entire, they had authority. But when they bowed their knee to the joker because he was wild, then what ended up happening is they gave their authority over to him. So now all they can do, they can be fruitful, they can multiply, and they can replenish the earth but God would have to send his son, Jesus, is why we celebrate this season, send his son, Jesus, to get back what? The authority for us to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. And ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, he's done it. He's already, if you're in the body of Christ, he's already restored unto you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. Why, why are we talking about Genesis 9? Because remember I told you the great pretender and the way that the adversary does what he does is through ideologies and words. Now, right now, they've got this big thing about, about the rainbow, and it's supposed to be a representative of the LGBTQT2A, uh, uh, whatever they are this week, plus 
And that plus action means anybody else who they hadn't already included, who they believe is minority and mar marginalized. And it's, it's, it's a chaos because they don't have any, they have no agreement between any of the individual groups, but they stick together in order to get their agenda across. That's another time, another message. But I'm gonna tell you how, how perverted the adversary is, how perverted the, the joker is. Everybody, when they see that rainbow right now, they think LGBTQ and they want people to have great disdain or, or, or contempt for the rainbow. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you that rainbow was never meant to be for LGBTQ two A plus. It was it was a sign of the covenant that God had made with man and with the earth, and it's found in Genesis chapter nine, verse nine. It says this, and now behold, I do by do establish my covenant with you. This is God talking to, talking to Noah after the flood, he says, and with your descendants after you. And he says, and with every living creature that is with you, he says, the birds, the cattle, and every beast on the earth with you of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth, he says. He says, I establish my covenant with you and all flesh shall never again be cut off by water. Say that with me. All flesh shall never again be cut off by waters by the, of the flood. So when people say, hey, you know, a flood in a particular city or flood in a particular state is an act of God. They're partially right. They're talking about the God liturgy, Satan, who, who is who is the overseer of this world system, but they're not talking about Jehovah God, who is the overseer of the entire world. He goes on and says, he says, I made this covenant with you. He says, I'll never destroy the earth again by water. He says, never again would it be cut off, uh, never be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. Did y'all hear that part? Neither shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is, he says, now this is the sign of the covenant which I'm making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successes, generations. He says this, I set my bow, talking about the rainbow. He says, I set my bow in the clouds. And he says, and it takes and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come out vowed when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant. And he says, I'll remember my covenant. He says, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and never again shall, shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh when the bow is in the cloud when when i when i will look upon it i will remember the everlasting covenant between god and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth and god said to noah this is the sign of the covenant which i have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth so what was what's the sign of the covenant that God made between himself and the earth and with all that was on all this on the earth from from man to animals to birds to to fish in the sea to cattle on the ground and every creeping thing he says I'm going to put my rainbow out there and I'm going to use that that's going to be my sign of the covenant 
This is what the adversary did through his ideologies. He says, hey, hey, group, in order for you to show that there is a covenant, but that you have a covenant with one another, we're going to use God's symbol. Remember, because the adversary, he's incapable of creating anything new. Only thing he can do is pervert. They, he, they use the same symbol for a covenant that God made with man. And they said, this is the covenant. Now, this is the covenant that, that says what you what you are doing, is, you're in a covenant with one another. That could not be any more perverted and from the truth because it's not true. Does God love people? God loves everybody. It's not even about the does God love people. It has nothing to do with it. God does not wink at, look over sin. Now, sin, you're talking about, are you talking just about them? No, I'm talking about, it doesn't matter what it is. Lying is the same situation. Uh, deception is the same situation. Uh, uh, heterosexual sex is the same thing. Uh, masturbation, pornography, it's the same thing. At the end of the day, sin is sin. It doesn't matter what, you know, living together with somebody you're not married to. That's still sin. Why? Because you're not supposed to cohabit, to cohabit together before you come into the unity of marriage. The whole point of it is, it's not even about, hey, well, what, what it is that they're doing, because what people are trying to do, the adversary is using people to try to get his ideologies across that it's okay. The issue with, with, with that is things of the same, uh, have the same uh, sex cannot produce life. The whole purpose of husbands and wife was to do what? To come together to do what? to replenish the earth. Two people who are of the same sex cannot reproduce life. They can't. If it's two men, they gotta get a woman to be able to sow their seed into her womb in order to bring forth a child. Two women together need the seed of a man to, to be able to produce life, to be able to bring forth a seed. That's what the whole thing's about. It, 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 you know, so without, you know, uh, you know, you don't have to hate people. I don't hate anybody. I got people in my family who live that lifestyle. I tell them the exact same thing. I'm telling you, do we get in arguments about it? No, because again, as a watchman, my responsibility is to share the word. What people do with it ultimately is totally and completely up to them. Now, well, I'm saying that because what was what did God say? God says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to, to, to multiply. I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to subdue it. But the adversary says, hey, I got a way that seems right. I got a way that seems like it's the right thing to do. I got away and I got this crafty, this crafty campaign and I got this crafty way of, of, of trying to sell it to, because if, if, you, if you say something enough, how does faith comes? Romans chapter 10 verse seven says, faith comes by hearing. So total persuasion, total assurance, total reliance comes by what you hear regardless of whether it's good or whether it's bad. So if you hear the same thing over and over and over 
and over again. It can be a lie, but if you hear that same lie enough times to that person, it just became the truth. How did the adversary sell this lie that the rainbow that God pr provided as a symbol of the covenant that he had with man and the earth never to destroy it again by water. How did that symbol that had from God on high become something tied to something that's totally against what it is God's word says? It's simple. Enough people told the story again and again and again and again. And, and then they begin to, to, they talk about people getting brainwashed. They begin to wash all reasoning out. And people, be, even though scientifically, it proves itself to be true men because they've heard it for so long they they accept the lie as the truth is called a spirit of delusion a spirit of delusion and according to isaiah 50 isaiah 5 and 20 says this says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and, pr and prudent in their own sight. Woe to mighty men, uh, uh, to men mighty at drinking wine, men who are violent, uh, violent uh, for mixing intoxicating drinks, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. Is there anything against the people? No, love people. We love people. But we tell the truth because the truth is the only thing that makes a person free. The whole thing is that you have a joker who's wild, he's uncontrollable, and he's going around, his behavior is uncontrollable, and he's going around, he's the ultimate narcissist, and he's a psychopath, and he doesn't care about destroying your life because he knows something you haven't figured out. He knows if you stay on his track long enough, the end of that thing, the wages of sin, is still death. That's what Adam and Eve found out. Even though they was in the place God placed them at, they was in their purpose, they was in their calling, and they was they had everything that they need, but they rebelled and revolted against God, against the government, God's way of doing things, and took on a new nature. And when you step away from doing the things of God, you take on a new nature. And when you take on that new nature, you also get the consequences or the results that come from that new nature as well. But God doesn't want you to be deceived. In fact, he says, and according, he told us, me and, and other uh, preachers and, and apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he said, I want you, you need to go preach my word. He says, pastors, you need to be preaching my word only. He says, he says, I charge you in the presence, and this is 2 Timothy 4, and it's where we're going to stop. I charge you solemnly in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead. And at by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. He says, be ready to preach the word in season and out of season to, re to reprove, to rebuke, to exhort with great patience and instructions for the time will come. Remember we said at the beginning, it's time to wake up when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. They don't want to hear the truth. They want teachers or preachers who will teach 
them what they want to hear that, hey, God accepts everybody. God makes everybody that way. And they already know that's not true, but they, they accepted the truth. They accepted a lie over the truth. He says, you uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He says, you preach my word only. He says, uh, and, and, and he says, when you teach the word, he says, to be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and to fulfill your ministry. Tell the truth, even in the midst of backlash. Tell the truth, even in the midst of persecution. Tell the truth. I'm going to give you an opportunity to see the word. When the word goes forth, you have an opportunity to act on that word. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, the word of God says this. That the word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, it's the word of faith that which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the mouth, man, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You want to make a decision. It doesn't matter, matter how long you've been in that situation or circumstance. It doesn't matter how long uh, things have been going on. It doesn't matter how long you've been going the wrong way. The word of correction came today for you to turn in a new direction to protect you from the evil, hurt, harms, and dangers and consequences of sin and also put you in a place of perfection where you're whole, complete, lacking nothing. How do you do that? Pray this prayer after me. Confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, and say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. I believe He died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe He was put in the grave, but now He's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm in right relationship with God. Right now, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glory to God. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to Thank you. We want to welcome you for coming into the kingdom of God. Welcome you back into right position with God. Welcome you into right position. Pam, what do you do now? You need to get in a word-based church to teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teach you about the kingdom of God, and it teaches you about the love of God. Man, we know Ignite Depot is such a place, and we want you to take the opportunity. Hey, join us each week here at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Each week at 6 p.m. on Saturday, where we'll share a life Changing word, a practical word that you'll be able to apply to your everyday life. Hey, if you can't keep, catch us here on Saturdays, man, catch us on Thursday. We will rebroadcast the same message again on YouTube, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter. Uh, so, you know, check out our names. Check out our platforms out there. We also have a podcast known as Ignite the Number Two Life. Ignite the Number Two uh, Life auto podcast it's on apple it's on google it's on spotify if you if you type in ignite to life you will pull it up it'll show you all the pod all the podcast platforms we're on you know it's interesting i got a report that says that that this broadcast goes into five different countries around the world and and that is in the it's in the top 25 percent of uh, broadcast being 
been uh, listed on Spotify. So for that, we want to thank you for your support. Hey, you'll be seeing a lot of uh, a new branding called ID3 Center. That's I, the, number, the letter I, the number, the uh, letter D, number three, Center. And, and, and it's the simplest form to explain what it is that we do. We discover the loss, we disciple the, the found, and we dispatch the empowered. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join us this week. Again, on behalf of Pastor Join and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.